This is Unfiltered, episode 335 for November 5th, 2020. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. Hello, friend, and welcome in to 335 of the People's History Podcast. And boy, we're making some history this week. I I don't even know where to start with an episode like this. I don't have any election results to tell you as I record this in the evening in the Pacific Northwest on a Thursday. We just got done listening to the president speak, and it seems we're no closer to any kind of resolution than the night of the actual election itself. I just published episode 334, so these are really close together. That is the election night, which is fascinating. Now, I listened back through it earlier today to edit edit it down as much as I could because it was six and a half hours, you guys. You know, nobody knew when it was going to end, so I just had to call it. And I was editing it up, and I don't know, some things really jumped out at me. Uh, that I think are going to inform some commentary I have for you today on the state of where this thing is at. So if you have the time, and I know it's crazy, there's a four-hour and 20-minute version I have posted in the Unfilter feed, and then linked in the show notes of that, 334, unfilter.show slash 334, is the full six-hour-plus live stream, if you really want to get the flavor. But I'm going to assume, for the for brevity in this episode, that uh, you probably know what's going on as far as the election at this point. We had an election night. Essentially, both candidates have come out and said they have won. In fact, to just kind of give you a real quick snapshot, here's what Trump and Biden said on election night afterwards. We will win this, and we, as far as I'm concerned, we already have won it. I'm here to tell you tonight... We believe we're on track to win this election. We won states that we weren't expected to win. Florida, we didn't win it. We won it by a lot. It's going to take time to count the votes. We're going to win Pennsylvania. So we'll be going to the U.S. Supreme Court. We want all voting to stop. We're going to have to be patient until we uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. Now, they both had similar things to say, either wait or, or stop the vote or... You know, they, they both had their positions. But what I noticed immediately uh, about Biden is he almost had a, a a more winner's air about him, a triumphant, more presidential tone. He was clearly trying to set very intentional strategy. Trump. Trump seemed hoarse. There are many reports that he was screaming at uh, executives all the way up to Rupert Murdoch at Fox News about them calling Arizona as easily as they did. And, of course, he's very upset about the loss so far. So I want to play what Joe Biden has said today and what Donald Trump has said today and then break them down for you. Biden has been first with the press. He was first on election night. He was then, then Trump followed. And then it was Biden again. And each time Biden tries to have this air of, of, of presidentiality about him, uh, in fact, he started his press conference about the state of the election, not talking about the election, but but actually talking about 
coronavirus and what his team was doing to get ready and get up to speed on coronavirus and that he had just met with doctors and scientists on coronavirus. And that's what he led with on his press conference about the election. So you get where his head's at right now. So you'll hear the tail end of that and then a bit on the vote count. This is Joe Biden's press conference from earlier today. And our hearts go out to each and every family that has lost a loved one to this terrible disease. In America, the vote is sacred. It's how people of this nation express their will. And it is the will of the voters. No one, not anything else, that chooses the president of the United States of America. So each ballot must be counted. Now, this is obviously the position of anyone from the Biden camp, because a lot of the ballots that are remain to be counted are ballots for Biden. And we've been messaged this from the very beginning that uh, we expect, and even on the night of election night, it was said a million times that, well, predominantly the mail-in ballots are all for Biden. And it's, this is whenever you, whenever the conversation hasn't assumed like that, that then so many other things are predicated on, you really got to question it. Is it likely? I would say on average, yes. But this is the year of science and data, right? This is the year of follow the scientists. Show me the data that actually says that. We've seen some reports that are just seem astronomical, 78%. In fact, I was following 538 and I, uh, today, and Nate Silver did an update where they claimed 100% of the mail-in ballots from what area were all for Democrats. That seems questionable. And I, I immediately push back whenever I hear groupthink on a big assumption like that. So, of course, the Biden team, they're pretty cool with the mail-in ballots coming in. Now, as a guy who has grown up his entire life and then lived his entire adult life in Washington state, I can tell you we've done mail-in ballots for like 20 years. The entire time I was basically voting, they've been doing mail-in ballots. Uh, and even the east side on the other side of the mountains, which is predominantly Republican, they mail in ballot. Uh, and now what happens here is our governor is called very quickly in the night. In fact, that's in the uh, live stream coverage. Very few percentage of the ballots had been counted here in Washington. And the governor, Democrat, was declared a victor. The 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 assumption, I think, is um, likely safe, but not 100 percent safe. And when it's this important, I think we need to just question everything. So. The, the, the general the general assumption, again, being that all mail-in ballots are for Biden. Um, well, that definitely seems to be playing out. But I think that, that you could say from the Trump side, that's questionable. You could also claim that it's very likely. The, the supporting assumption that, that people use to sort of validate the primary assumption is that, well, look, Democrats are going to be a lot more likely to mail in their ballot because of corona worries. And Republicans are a lot more likely to go in and vote in public be, in person because they're not worried about the coronavirus. I'll grant you there's a very high likely of that being true. Very high likely that that's highly likely that's true. But not necessarily. We don't actually know that. We don't know that to be true. It's one of those assumptions we all just kind of start repeating and now it's become fact. And you'll find a lot of that is sort of backing up the Biden team's look on this. Every vote needs to be counted because every vote that's remaining is a vote for us, we think. United States of America. So... Each ballot must be counted. And that's what we're going to see going through now. And that's how it should be. Democracy is sometimes messy. It sometimes requires a little patience as well. 
as he scratches his face and touches his face during Corona. Um, Joe is so far from presidential. It's it's about as almost as bad as Trump. Not not as bad, but almost. But that patience has been rewarded now for more than 240 years with a system of governance governance that's been the envy of the world. And we continue to feel, Senator and I, we continue to feel very good about where things stand. We have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be declared the winners. So I ask everyone to stay calm, all the people to stay calm. So we're no doubt we'll be declared the winners. Just going short of declaring winning, but not really saying anything different than Trump has said. But he wraps it in this message that you have been bred in the Amer- in, in the States. You have been bred to believe this is how a president speaks. A president talks about being a president for everyone. A president talks about counting all of the votes. He's saying everything you expect a president to say. It may also be possible that some incredible game play where they have manufactured tens of thousands of ballots and sent them in and he knows that's what's going on with his uh, voter election fraud, then, you know, sure, he has a position of, comf- of, of confidence here. But it's such a massive assumption to think that at this point. It's such a massive assumption to think that the Democrats could be such incredible conspiracy planners that they could pull off one of the largest thefts of election in my life, as far as I know ever, but yet not so sophisticated that they couldn't hide it from you. And you have to when you start to when you start to have two counter logical things, you have to kind of raise a red flag and go, okay, okay, it's possible that there's been some foul play here. But if I'm accepting they're sophisticated enough for foul play, then I should be accepting that they're sophisticated enough for you not to catch on. It's it's possible that's not true. But again, it's a it's a it's a gut checkpoint for yourself in this entire process. With a system of governance that's been the envy of the world. And we continue to feel, Senator and I, we continue to feel very good about where things stand. We have no doubt that when the count is finished, Senator Harris and I will be declared the winners. So I ask everyone to stay calm, all the people to stay calm. The process is working. The count is being completed and uh, we'll know very soon. So thank you all for your patience, but we have to count the votes. God bless you all and may God protect our troops. Thank you so much. May God protect our troops. Uh, Something presidents often say, right? Uh, Trump comes out a little bit after hours afterwards, after there's been hours of analysis and discussion. Trump, having kept a low profile since that election night video that I played for you, the clip I played for you earlier. I think because they didn't want to damage their case and he's so angry, he's not sure what he would say. So what we get is a Trump who sounds like he hasn't gotten a lot of sleep and maybe still a little hoarse. He's still been doing some shouting. He comes out to deliver a few remarks and I'll break them down for you. Just much more. <laughs> oh, there he is. Sorry, it's a it's a funky clip. Um, but uh, there you go. Here he comes. You're getting the real live sense of it. This is actually taken live off the of C-SPAN. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. I'd like to provide the American people with an update on our efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. So he, they are protecting 
the vote. You see, you get that they're protected. And this is something I've watched the Trump campaign, uh, Corey and, and Rudy and Eric. They've they've all tried to make it about the voters. We're protecting your vote, uh, which is such a it's such a hollow commentary coming from anyone in the core Trump team. They're all about Trump. It's about Trump. It's about getting Trump elected. But they're using that typical politician speak, which they don't typically employ. They that's actually one of the things that I think a lot of middle middle America and people who vote for Trump outside of middle America find very compelling about him is that they often find him to be more plain spoken, whether he means to or not, rather that rather or not he means to. He he says often what is on his mind, but <laughs> a lot of times to his detriment. But you can get a read on the guy that way. So now all of a sudden we're getting told that this is about us and we're getting told this is about protecting the vote, not about getting Donald Trump reelected. No, no. Efforts to protect the integrity of our very important 2020 election. If you count the legal votes, I easily win. If you count the illegal votes, they can try to steal the election from us. If you count the votes that came in late, we're looking at them very strongly. But so that's the only indication of what we get, what what might be what he considers an illegal vote is the ones that came in late after Election Day. But he hasn't really defined for us what legal and illegal votes are. But I suspect that's what he means is votes that came in after midnight on Election Night. A lot of votes came in late. I've already decisively won many critical states, including massive victories in Florida, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio. To name just a few, we won these and many other victories despite historic election interference from big media, big money, and big tech. As everybody saw, we won by historic numbers. You heard the uh, dig there at big tech, and they really opened themselves up to this. The way they have been labeling his tweets and censoring the New York Post and many others, you can argue the validity of it. My stance would be that it should just be a free speech platform and users can implement the muting tools as they want. I'm also not a big fan of trying to protect people by keeping information from them. I think that's that's nannying. And I think a part of an informed electorate, you have to be aware of what's going on. And you just got to be able to trust on people's information to sort sort through things and figure it out. And in fact, I think you could say what you get is a lack of trust in institutions. You get groups like QAnon who do get access to some information, but because we don't have access to everything, it's selective and they interpret it in certain ways and it builds narratives. And I think it actually does more harm than it good does good. Not even getting into the Streisand effect, right? Not even talking about how the Streisand effect propelled the Hunter Biden story, but just how Trying to be selective about what information you give people just creates a, a larger problem. And so as Twitter in particular here has has interfered with Trump's communication platform of choice, they've opened themselves up to this attack. And it's not going to go away after this election, regardless of who wins. And the the worst part is they're, they're protected by Section 230, which which also makes this a very, a very much a murky area and a murky issue. But we'll continue on with Trump. And the pollsters got it knowingly wrong. They got it knowingly wrong. We had polls that were so ridiculous, and everybody knew it at the time. There was no blue wave that they predicted. They thought there was going to be a big blue wave. That was false. It was done for suppression reasons. But instead, there was a big red wave. I don't actually buy completely his point here. If 
if the media was driving home that Biden was going to win and that there was going to be a blue wave, which I would agree a lot of the mainstream media was doing that, uh, that would just energize Trump's base to come out because they would realize the stakes are higher than ever. And so they've got to come out, I, I would think. I, I don't know. I I don't think if you declare a victor, it, it usually riles the other side up. And they. I, so I don't really follow his logic here, but it's... Um, it's a point, nonetheless, that the Republicans did much better if you exclude the White House than anyone predicted. And it's been properly acknowledged, actually, by the media. They were, I think, very impressed. But that was after the fact. That doesn't do us any good. We kept the Senate despite having twice as many seats to defend as Democrats and in a really uh, much more competitive states we've uh, we did a fantastic job with the Senate. I think we're very proud of what's happened there. We had many more seats to defend. They spent almost $200 million on Senate races in South Carolina and Kentucky alone, two races, and hundreds of millions of dollars overall against us. At the national level, our opponent's major donors were Wall Street bankers. It's a shame his um, read here is so flat. Because that's a moment I think a more articulate politician would take a victory lap. There was nearly a billion dollars spent on on trying to get some of these Democrats elected, and it failed. And it failed to such a degree that I hope that it forces at least some internal evaluation about why they're losing these elections to these to these guys like Lindsey Graham. Yeah, you really got to do some analysis there. I mean, come on. I hope, I hope. I mean, imagine too, if Biden wins, then you got no Russia gate. You got you got no Russia, Russia, Russia to blame. And so you just have to take your losses and you'd have to do an analysis. But if Trump wins at this point too, it's gonna to be really hard to claim it's Russia. As I record this, it's still possible. I should probably check the news. And special interests, our major donors were police officers, farmers, everyday citizens. Yet for the first time ever we lost zero races in the house. I was talking to Kevin McCarthy today. He said he couldn't believe it. Zero races. Very unusual thing. Zero. And actually won many new seats with, I think, many more on the way. This was also the year of the Republican woman. More Republican women were elected to Congress than ever before. That's a great achievement. I won the largest share of non-white voters of any Republican in 60 years, including historic Numbers of Latino, African-American, Asian-American and Native American voters, uh, the largest ever in our history. He goes through these stats uh, and then he eventually just kind of loops back to it's a it's a stolen election. He kind of just doubles down on his rhetoric around that regard. Commit fraud. Uh, there's no question about that. In Philadelphia, observers have been kept far away. Very far away. He kind of goes through a litany of uh, different types of suspected voter fraud from late ballots to not allowing monitoring. And what my sense is at this point, at this hour, is that the Trump campaign is kind of doing a throw it at the wall and see what sticks approach. They smell something's uh, foul, but they don't know what like their winner is yet. And when you look at their press conferences, they're just kind of doing everything they can to just get a snapshot of what the hell's going on so they can zoom in and figure out what it is that's going to be their winning case. The windows again with large pieces of cardboard 
And so they wanted to protect and block the counting area. They didn't want anybody seeing the counting, even though these were observers who were legal observers that were supposed to be there. In Detroit, there were hours of unexplained delay in delivering many of the votes for counting. The final batch did not arrive until 4 in the morning. And uh, even though the polls closed at 8 o'clock, so they brought it in and the batches came in and nobody knew where they came from. We've also been denied access to observe in critical places in Georgia. In multiple swing states, counting was halted for hours and hours on election night. This doesn't sound like a winning Trump tone, does it? I think this is somebody who's making his case while he still has the the people's interest here as president. Um, a federal judge, 15 minutes ago as I record this, a federal judge denied the Trump campaign's request to stop the vote counting in Philadelphia, but did order officials to expand the number of people each side could have in the room for monitoring. I'll wrap up with Trump. Highest court in the land, we'll see. But we think there'll be a lot of litigation because we can't have an election stolen like this. And I, I tell you, I would... I have been talking about this for many months with all of you, and I've said very strongly that mail-in ballots are going to end up being a disaster. Small elections were a disaster. Small, very easy-to-handle elections were disastrous. I do think a lot of that messaging was to prepare for this moment. Uh, And that doesn't seem nefarious. It seems like it was a genuine concern of theirs. They were genuinely concerned that the mail-in ballots, uh, with the cover of a pandemic and the extra lead-in time, would cause fraud. And I think they were messaging that very early on to prepare everyone for this moment. I don't think there's any surprise there. And I think the Biden campaign knew that because, <laughs> because they were messaging it. So they were prepared on their side. Um, and th- I, I'll play you a clip in a moment, but that's not how everyone's not everyone is taking it like this. That's the way this country is going to win. That's the way the United States will win. And we think we will win the election very easily. We think there's going to be a lot of litigation because we have so much evidence, so much proof, and it's going to end up perhaps at the highest court in the land. Well, he needs to deliver that evidence and he needs to deliver that proof really quick. They got it. They got to put up or shut up because people are not having it. None of the networks are having it. Fox News isn't having it. Sky News isn't having it. They traditionally both lean very right. They're not eating this uh, shit sandwich that Donald Trump is serving up. I have a feeling judges are going to have to rule. But there's been a lot of shenanigans, and we can't uh, stand for that in our country. Thank you very much. And he walks off, doesn't take any questions, which is not actually all that typical for Trump. Uh, I tuned over to CNN just to see how they were handling it. I captured this live on the air for you. They were, well, to say they were rattled is putting it mildly. President Trump has always been transparent about the smears and lies and strategies of falsehoods. We knew he was going to do this. We knew he was going to claim votes by mail were not real. But he's wrong. It's a lie. He's lying about the election. He's smearing the American people. He's smearing people who are working at polls. And it's a disgrace. We we knew we knew that the president was not going to lose graciously uh, if he if he lost. Uh, But but frankly, watching him flail like this is just it's just pathetic. As he was talking, I was trying to reach out to some senior Republicans to ask when the intervention is going to happen. Because this isn't just partisan. This isn't just dangerous. It's nonsensical. It's illogical. And there's so many things to say. One of the the things that I was thinking about listening to him now is how much we listened to him for the past 
you know, four, five months telling his voters, do not vote early. It's fraudulent. And now we sort of suspected it then. Now we know the reason for that so that he could have this moment in the White House briefing room so he could say that the votes that are coming in by mail are fraudulent. And the reason is because he knew that Democrats, because we are in a pandemic, were more apt to vote early by mail and to not want to risk their their health and sometimes their lives by going to vote uh, in person. He set, it's a setup. He set the country up. He set his supporters up for a moment that like this, which is completely false and you said sad. It, it, it is sad. I mean, I, I'm not an emotional person and I'm having trouble kind of keeping it together after listening to the yeah. president of the United States saying what he just said. Yeah, they are freaking out. In fact, uh, what they're about to go on to say is that he is going down and he's taking the nation with him. <laughs> now, Trump's ground people out there, they say it's fraud. The, the mail-in ballots are fraudulent that they have been for months. And there's been claims online, too, that a guy that died in 1984 received his ballot just uh, early, early in the month, early in November and uh, or whatever it was. I can't remember. October, September, and then send it off just a few days later. He can't vote. He's been dead since 1984. Dead people are voting. There's voter fraud. And this is some of the Trump team down in Nevada. I'm Adam Laxalt. I am a former Navy and Iraq veteran and the former top law enforcement officer of this state. I care deeply about both the rule of law and voter integrity, like the rest of Nevadans and Americans. And we warned for the last few weeks that we could end up in a situation where Nevada decides the fate of the presidency. We warned that the Democrats changed this election system. They gave us mail-in ballots and despite the fact that there are examples of thousands of ballots being mailed across this valley in trash cans and apartment buildings, people getting as many as 18 ballots to their homes, we knew these, these rolls were unclean. And we were told that signatures would save us from all fraud. But to date, we still have not been able to observe these signatures. Or, or meaningfully challenge a single mail-in ballot out of hundreds of thousands of casts. We firmly believe that there are many voters in this group of mail-in people that are not proper voters. In the last many days, we have received reports of many irregularities across the valley. We've, we, we believe that there are dead voters that have been counted we are also confident that there are thousands of people whose votes have been counted that have moved out of Clark County in the during the pandemic. Uh-oh. And he's got an elderly lady there uh, who seems to believe that her husband uh, voted for Biden, even though he's dead. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't know what to make of this. You see, the, the voting system is so diverse and haphazardly done, and it's a lot of people who are not trained. They're volunteers. I mean, they're everyday people, so there's mistakes. There's probably people that are doing nefarious things. 
you got to wonder when you really zoom in, uh, what do you find? The issue, and I, I think you have the two headwinds that are, you have, well, three. Let's start with three. Number one, the Biden campaign is nailing their post-election night game. Just totally nailing it. They're 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 tweeting very strategically. Then they're coming out. They're saying presidential things and talking about high-minded goals. And then they have this super vicious legal team who's ridiculing everything the Trump team says. They're holding presentations and then Zoom calls with PowerPoints and they're line by line ridiculing everything the Trump team is saying. So they're way ahead of Trump on the messaging here. So that's one headwind. The second headwind is this plays as a sore loser and nobody's got patience for this. Fox News doesn't have patience for this. The people aren't going to have patience for this. Only Trump's core are going to have patience for this. And then the final headwind is it's a very confusing message. And I'll play this clip for you to see what I'm to see. You can kind of get a sense of what I'm talking about. These are simultaneous Trump supporters in different areas. And you're going to listen and think something's a little off here. And then I'll explain it to you. What you're hearing is one chant, one at one protest group chanting. Count the vote. And another chanting. Stop the vote. <laughs> Count that vote and stop the vote. I'll play a little more for you. So it's a very split, confusing message. Do you want him to count them or do you want him not to? And I'll tell you, this clearly biased messaging didn't work well for Gore in 2000, where when Gore asked for a recount, he was very picky about where he looked for that recount. And it was obviously a very partisan move after he'd gone out and said, this is for the people and it's about the people's vote. And then he made a very partisan move when he asked for that recount and people called him on it because it didn't match the rhetoric. You got to have a clear message. And you got to make sure you've got a winner of a legal strategy. And what we have right now is the spaghetti at the wall legal strategy. The Trump campaign is laying down the groundwork for contesting the election outcome by filing lawsuits in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, and in Georgia. His team is also calling for a recount of votes in Wisconsin. So let us bring in CBS News. Cam- no, it's not. Actually, I wanted to point something out for you. I was wondering if they do, but I don't want you to have to listen to the whole clip to get there. You're not seeing a lot of establishment Republicans or Republicans back Trump up. You're seeing you're seeing Corey and Eric and Rudy. It's a it's a team of lawyers and then sort of the traditional core Trump henchmen. There's no like Mitch McConnell isn't coming out. And even though they just did really great for a lot better than they thought they were going to do on election night, and they may owe Trump some of that victory, they're not they're not coming to his aid at all, at least so far. And and maybe they should be because you got to wonder why they had such a great night. And how off is it usually to have all the down ballot votes go right, but have the president go left? And this is, I mean, for the Democrats, John, it's not just the White House. They were, they had hopes yeah. of taking the Senate. Those seem to be fading away. They're, it's within reach, but, but barely. And the House, they were hoping to make gains, and, and that's evaporated as well, it looks like. Right, exactly. I mean, so at the end of the night, uh, or at the end of the day, or wherever we are at this hour, um, they, uh, they, they did not do as well as they thought they were going to do, across the board, really. I mean, unless they win the presidency. But if they win the presidency... It is in the narrowest of the, the narratives they had. I mean, 
when we talked to the Biden campaign, you know, they had this one exciting uh, version of events where they win North Carolina, Georgia, the Midwest, and then they were even flirting with Texas. Well, yeah, Texas was a big one all night. Uh, and NBC really notes here. This is kind of a, a kind of a compilation from over the day. NBC notes that there's really no no moral victory for the Democrats here. Uh, and it leaves Biden pretty locked down if he does win the election. While Democrats were really looking for a, a repudiation of President Trump and the type of politics that they say he stands for, they didn't get that. They wanted a moral victory, not just a political victory. They may get the political victory, but the moral victory doesn't appear that it's going to come right now. What happened to Democrats last night? I mean, again, with all due respect, well, I mean, it, the president of the United States, historically unpopular, his job approval somewhere around 46, 47. Um, and, and, and it's this close. Joe Biden wins the presidency. He will come in as perhaps the, the weakest newly elected president in memory. He'll have zero chance to do any major legislative initiatives, all the court packing, adding states, all that's totally off. He'd be legislatively neutered pretty much from the beginning and have no mandate at the outset. You have Joe Biden coming in weekend for the Democrats who were hoping that last night would be a grand repudiation of Trumpism. That certainly did not happen. Which is why it is kind of curious that it had an impact on the president, because um, those were a lot of the, the president's cronies that got reelected. But maybe it's a good thing if Biden gets in the office and the lower levels of government are Republican and the White House is Democrat, then we kind of have ourselves some somewhat of a checks and balance system just because they hate each other so much. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm, I myself have, have gone through waves of various um, feelings about this election from kind of just done with it and I don't really care what happens to anxiety about the outcome. But I have to think there, there could be a scenario here where Biden wins it via the magic of mail-in ballots and Trump ends up digging up some very convincing dirt, perhaps not convincing enough, but convincing for those who are receptive, and leverages that to create a new media campaign. I mean, a new media arm for himself. I mean, I'm not the first person to think of this, but it would make so much sense he would have all of his followers follow him to this next media venture. And he could claim all along that it, the election was stolen from him. And he could even run again in 2024 if he wanted to, while using this media empire to promote himself. And if any legal challenges, say, out of New York come up, well, gosh, what? guess what? He's got this fantastic media platform to defend himself in the eyes of the public. What I could see, and I've always thought this might happen, because I could see Trump fighting like hell for as long as he can in this window of opportunity that he has right now. But eventually, and I would imagine what they'll do is they'll just make the numbers overwhelming. Eventually, he's going to concede. I, I, I've always thought this, that Trump would fight for a bit and then he'll concede. But he won't admit that it wasn't rigged. So he'll get to keep that. He'll get to hold on to that. And then whatever he goes to next, he'll have that chip. I suspect. I could be wrong, and he may he may drag this thing out as long as possible and try to take it to the Supreme Court. He may. Um, either way, I'll be watching, and I'd love to have you watch with me. We've we've kind of made some adjustments in the Discord for things that are just going on like this. We've taken the live chat room, 
It was just called Live. It was a channel just called Live. And I've renamed it to Right Now, which plays off of uh, Wolf Blitzer saying Right Now all the time. But it really is for events that are happening right now. And I thought, well, let's let's have a spot. So if something's developing and you want to talk to people about it, because that's what the unfiltered community is doing right now is that I got this elections going on and I just want to talk about it. I want somebody to share links with and whatnot. That's what that right now room is for, for breaking events, breaking news. And then the, the beautiful thing is, is what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start going live more often, not all the time, not for every news event, but for something that's truly newsworthy. If I can get on mic, I'm going to do it. And then I'll use that room that could be already rolling at that point, and I'll use that to fuel clips and commentary and check sources and and just get ideas and talk with people, and we'll just roll right into the live stream. So we'll use that right now room for when I'm live and for when news is breaking. So you can get to the Discord by going to unfilter.show slash Discord, and then you'll see that in there. And I'd love to have you join me in there um, and help me me get some, some links, some audio. Like, I, I do want to keep an eye out for corruption around this election. I think it's important to keep your mind open to possibilities, take in both sides. And if you want to help us source and collect some of those links, would love to have you do that over in the Discord. It's really hard to get good audio on this stuff. So I could always use your help over there. Man, woo! let me tell you, the last couple days, huh? <laughs> that, that Tuesday was quite the Tuesday. We had Linux unplugged. At noon, that goes for, you know, two and a half, three hours. And then it was the unfiltered election stream for six and a half hours. I, I can't even remember what the entire total is. But if you're curious, you could even jump through it a bit. I would recommend, if you're curious, you check it out and just check out the first couple hours. I was really on my game. I was throwing in clips, switching to networks. I had set it up so I could time buffer some of these networks. So I was basically DVRing all the major networks, including like international ones. And I could monitor them on a heads up screen where I had like six at a time. And so I knew when something was breaking and I could switch to that network just as my DVR was catching it. It was great. It worked out. It worked out surprisingly well. Um, And I'll probably use that for future events too. So the first couple hours are pretty great. Then it starts to trail off because we just didn't know. But you do take in the whole sense of it if you do have the time to watch the whole thing. That's unfilter.show slash 334. Linked in the show notes over there is the entire live video. Um, my recording locally was 270 gigs. <laughs> so I, I I, don't know what I'm going to do with that. I'm trying to encode it down. But in the meantime, I'll have the Twitch stream linked. And then the audio version, which is in the feeds already, that's a four-hour and 20-minute version, a little bit shorter. Man, if you like what I'm doing, you want to keep me going, want to support the show, patreon.com slash unfilter. Really appreciate the support on the Patreon. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in this week's episode of the Unfilter Program. See you back here when news breaks or next week. I do wine because I want to win. Why, 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 why